Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, steady, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures. Because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Kat. And I'm Christine. And on today's podcast, we are tackling the question of, do I have to buy a property before I turn 30? Now, I do have to say before we start this episode that I'm older than 30. I'm I'm coming up to 32 this year. I think that probably provides a good bit of feedback between the two of us because, Christine, you're in your 20s. I am. I'm 25. So, look, you could sub out age 30 and sub in any kind of age. It's relevant to everyone you know, if you're pre-property purchase. Um, but what we're talking about today and why we are talking about this topic is because so many friends and family members at the moment are talking about property FOMO. Actually, this morning, Adrian Orr, who's the governor of the Reserve Bank, said on the AM show that any type of market that creates a frenzy or FOMO does create irrational behavior. And people are really seeing and feeling that in the property scene at the moment. I feel like this is something we talk about all the time. Oh my goodness, yes. I was just thinking about 2020 and the share market's going absolutely crazy and it's so applicable to property as and well. And now 2021 property <laughs> FOMO. We're yeah. past share market FOMO and yeah. we're into full-blown property FOMO at the moment. Oh, absolutely. One of the reasons we also wanted to talk about this is because if you read any of the news headlines, they are a wee bit terrifying and I think it just fuels this feeling, right, of mm. I need to do something and I need to get on the property ladder. So Today alone, I did a little bit of a Google search in preparation for talking about this and everything from it's frantic property sells after just one week of open homes through to property on the shore sells for $1.9 million above CV through to more first home buyers squeezed out of the market by investors. And then, you know, the age old, it's harder to save for a house deposit than ever before. Analyst tells all. I'm like, it's so oh doom and gloom. How, how are we not to feel stressed about this? I feel like that last one, that headline is literally every property story there is. Always harder to save for a house deposit. If these are the things that we're seeing, um, these are the conversations that we're having on our WhatsApp groups with our mates. Do we actually have to buy a property before we turn 30 or a certain age? And what are we told about this? Like what is the common information out there in society that is driving this feeling and this fear? And it's something that we were actually talking about recently in the office. And I think I wanted to run through, I guess, some of the reasons as to why we are conditioned to think that investing in property or buying a property is sort of the be all and end all, particularly, you know, you're possibly in your mid to late 20s. You had, you know, a bit more of like career stability for a while. You're starting to earn good money. You're thinking about doing something with your money. And then all of a sudden it's like, bang, I've got to buy a house. (laughs) All at once. (laughs) All at once. And there's quite a big step from earning a reasonable amount of money post university or school, whatever your study might be, through to all of a sudden thinking about spending a million dollars for a lot of people Mm. if they're living in city areas. Um, And that's really challenging. So I think one of the things, obviously, and I'm interested to hear your point, Christine, because you grew up in various parts of New Zealand. I grew up in Australia. We've grown up thinking that property is the key to financial freedom and naturally everyone wants to be a part of that so Mm -hmm. that's definitely a pressure I mean it gives us a physical and mental security and being like a place to live people always talk about this right they're like you can't discount the fact that you've got a secure roof over your head and that is totally true but 
what are the downsides of that or what are the other pressures that that comes with? Mm-hmm. So there's those. We can see it and touch it and feel it. Yes, definitely. Can't do that with your share portfolio. No, you cannot. And you can't sell it straight away or can't sell it from one day to the next, right? Like you can with shares. Exactly. You can't react as quickly to certain things that Mm -hmm. might happen. You don't check the value every day. Absolutely. As we tend to get older, you know, we probably get a little bit sick of renting on dealing with flatmates and dealing with landlords. You don't want to be in your share house that you're in at uni anymore. (laughs) You probably want a little bit of your own time. And I think for some people, they feel that that the only way to achieve that is to buy your own house, to find your own space to Mm. do that. But then again, on the flip side, we hear in the media and we hear from family and friends about how hard it is to buy a house. Most recently, the nationwide median property value in New Zealand is now $750,000. If you're in Wellington, yep, the average price has surpassed a million dollars. And Auckland's average, depending on which part of Auckland City you're looking at, is between $975,000 and just under $1.3 million. That is a pretty scary number. Mm. The thought of taking on that debt can be quite overwhelming Mm. at times, but I don't want to say that and get too ahead of myself because I know that there are heaps of pros to doing that as well. And this is a constant debate we have is take on heaps of debt or not to take on heaps of debt. So, But I think when you just think of that number as a round one, it can Mm. seem quite scary for a lot of people as well. But when you're looking at that round number and you're hearing all the headlines around Auckland auction rooms twice as busy this year as they were last year or RBNZ predicting house price inflation to be above 22% by the middle of this year and then you feel like, okay, a million dollars already feels really challenging to get to. Mm -hmm. If I'm waiting another three, four, five years to get there, it's only going to be even harder. So it just fuels this feeling of FOMO and needing to do something now and naturally stresses people out. Totally. We can naturally also think that we have to bring those like one, three, five year timelines forward. And it's just not feasible <laughs> for me anyway at the moment, yeah, but, like but for I a guess lot of people as well. Also, yeah. is, it even, is it even relevant or is it even necessary? One of the things I found really interesting looking at some stats recently was in 1991, 61% of people in New Zealand aged 25 to 29 lived in what's called their own occupied home. So a house that they own is what the house that they lived in. So 61% of people. Mm-hmm. In the 2018 census, this number had dropped to 44% for the same age bracket. My gut feeling is that, you know, 2021, this is probably reduced even further, um, particularly the way that the market has gone. And I also feel that there's a number of things feeling that one of them is lifestyle choices. And this is something we often talk about. Do you forego a whole heap of things in order to get on the property ladder sooner? And is that of as much importance for people in their 20s and 30s these days? Are we happier to delay owning a property for the first time? Mm. How do you feel about that? How do I feel? I guess I am in that exact situation at the moment and that it's a real conversation that Ollie and I are having as to, you know, is is a property purchase in the near uh, future? And I think the answer is it could be, but it, we don't want it to be. And purely because we have other priorities and we really value the location of being able to uh, rent in the city and not mm-hmm. having to move out of uh, Auckland. To somewhere uh, where you could afford. Or, exactly. Yeah. Or buy. For me, also, I think there's a lot that's wrapped into a property purchase. It's so much more than just a number like well they say like the commitment of buying a house is almost worse than marriage oh. and it, <laughs> I haven't 
actually heard that one before. Oh, That's have a good you one. Not? No, <laughs> no. I, I feel like there's a little bit of truth in that, right? Because yeah. it it does come with quite a bit of an expense. Like, and mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, going through the process of deciding to buy a property and you know going to open homes and going through the financing mm-hmm. and getting building reports and inspections oh, all of that comes with so a cost yeah. and can sometimes be quite lengthy mm-hmm. um and then you know for i think a lot of people the reality is is they're not necessarily buying a property by themselves they're probably doing it with someone else totally i know speaking from both my own experience and then hearing of friends um I I originally wanted to buy a house by myself and then crunch some numbers and was like, holy shit, okay, cat, <laughs> get back to work. Yeah. And like, let's let's approach this idea at another time. <laughs> and then I did buy our first property with my now husband, but at the time we had only been together for a couple of years and it was a huge commitment. I suppose, um, yeah, just a really big decision. Totally. So I guess a question would be if I was wanting to – Let's say get on the property later in two to three years. Yeah. What what should I do? Like what to get ready for that point? Or yeah, let's tricky. say three years and then five years. That is a really good question. I would preface that by saying that right now, if property is not something that is achievable for you, whether it be by choice because you're prioritizing other things or just because you you're not yet there from a financial resource point of view. It's really hard not to buy into the FOMO, but please just remember that everyone is on their own timeline. There is absolutely no hard and fast rule about when you have to buy a house um, or the circumstances under which that has to happen. And I always have fallen back onto as long as you're doing something with your money, you know, as long as you're doing something else and you're moving forward towards a goal or at least making some good choices with your finances, that then in the future, enable you to buy a property if that is in fact what you want to do then you're going in the right direction you Mm -hmm. don't need to stress out about it too much Mm -hmm. some of the practical things and um something that i do have personal experience with is this whole concept of rent vesting which i I love this idea (laughs) yeah i i I don't feel like it's super common in new zealand there's a whole idea coming from australia this is something that we would advise lots of people on because very similar situation in melbourne where People often felt that where they wanted or needed to live for, say, work, you know, if they were in a kind of CBD-based area, um, they were priced out of that suburb or that area in terms of buying their first home. And one thing that a lot of people, particularly younger generation that we worked with, had to realise is your first home is not going to be your dream home. Oh, heartbreak. (laughs) Shock horror, guys. I know. It won't be your dream home. And that's totally okay. I think once you kind of accept that and then have a real honest conversation with yourself around, do I want to buy a house just for the sake of buying a house and having a house? And it doesn't matter where that house is. Or do I want to wait until I have the financial resources to be able to buy a property in the area that I want to live, either because that's just an area that I love, I'm close to family. And if that's something that you value, then the whole idea of rent vesting is you rent in the area that gives you that freedom. But there's also a vesting part, which is investing. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's the catch what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I just get to rent? Well, then what happens? Yeah, yeah. No, so then you rent, but the idea is that you obviously still need to be investing towards your future. So making sure, and common sense needs to be used here. So we're not saying like, sure, go and rent an absolute bomb of a pad and, you know, be spending thousands a week yeah. on rent. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about here, to live in your Pit dream. Yeah, to live in your dream location. What we're saying is have an idea in mind of how much you need to be saving or investing to 
get to your home deposit goal, but it's absolutely okay to be renting in a space that works for your lifestyle now Mm -hmm. and putting that money to work in other ways. So, you know, investing it in a portfolio, for example, particularly if you've got, if you're talking five years. Mm. So that was perfect segue into kind of what are the options available at the moment, especially in the low interest rate environment that we're in. So savings accounts are not working very hard for us. What else is there? And I mean, how do we even start doing that if we don't know where to start? Don't know where to start. Yeah, exactly. I think if property is absolutely something for you, make a plan, set a goal and keep at it. And then something that we often also chat about is if you don't know your time frame or your ideal time frame, you don't really know what you can invest in because you don't know how long you're investing for or you're saving for. So if you're looking at your finances and thinking, I could actually probably get to my ideal home deposit in about 12 months or 24 months, the sad reality is you've just got to keep it in a bank account because you wouldn't want to put that money at risk to any sort of fluctuations in other more volatile assets. If, however, as when I started and I'm just thinking back, my kind of aha moment around this was I think I was 25 and I thought, okay, I do have some surplus. I'm renting. I was renting off my parents and I thought I'm actually, I need to start investing some money because I would hope that sometime in my future there will be a property involved, but I don't really know what that looks like and I don't know what the time frame for that is. So I did decide to work with a financial advisor to get like a portfolio of, you know, share investments or mm-hmm. equity investments in place um, because I did have the rough idea that like, okay, maybe not until sometime in my early 30s, so I'm thinking seven plus years. And then that over time did change once I met Luke and we decided to work towards that goal together. So, of course, that made a few tweaks in terms of bringing that time frame forward. But we did decide to buy a property that was in an area where we didn't want to live for our lifestyle or for work. It wouldn't really work for us, but we decided to buy our first home there, mainly because it was about half the price of buying in the area in which we currently lived in. And for us, that was just unachievable. And it was a little bit of a humbling experience sometimes to realize that, the property that you first purchase and may have to live in for a bit, we did live there for a couple of, I think about six months, mm-hmm. is not your dream home and that's totally fine. Yeah, so I was going to, I was just thinking about kind of the role of KiwiSaver and mm. how living in your first home, if you were wanting to buy your first home. So yes. how did it work with your super in Australia? I guess that does, that adds a total extra challenge, right? Because, mm. so in Australia, we didn't use our super. That wasn't available at the time. So oh, Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so I guess... Uh, a little bit of added stress in that you have to save everything outside of that, which is also, I guess, why we were both investing to save for that because we felt even back then we're not going to be able to save for this just in a bank account. We need to start investing and it's probably something that, you know, is five years away. So let's invest that money until that time. KiwiSaver does make it a little bit more challenging and I'm sure that that is something that we're going to deep dive into. Oh, in yes, I, was like, I need to refrain from asking too much about that. <laughs> I could go on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But look, I I would definitely stand by the whole rent vesting piece, which is don't be afraid to put value on your lifestyle and the way that you want to live whilst also making really good decisions around money habits and investments. You know, there's lots of countries in the world where rates of home ownership are a lot like later in life. Um, and I think that's totally okay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really just about you. If property is a big goal, if it's something that you are super passionate about, everyone can make a plan. Everyone can set a goal in place and work towards it. Um, it's just, I guess, picking 
picking other options, whether it be a savings account or investment account to help get you there faster um, and just staying positive, which is hard. Sometimes tune out of those headlines. Yeah, definitely turn off the Yahoo like yes. and ins and herald and whatnot. How, how do you are you a sucker for punishment? Do you read those articles? Um, uh, no, I just I refuse. I think because I actually really enjoy you know investing in in the shares. I, I'm mm. not that like tied to. I have to be checking this all the time. And what is everyone else doing? I guess that's a really good point as well because you still feel like you're moving ahead. Right? Oh, totally. I th- so you I, don't feel like you're just not doing anything. Absolutely. And I think contrary to what we were just saying about not checking your portfolio very often, mm. I think having the ability to check up on your investments every now and again does kind of help stay on that goal towards the property. So yes. you're like, oh, okay, you know, it's increased X amount over two years. Like it's working. Yeah. Being able to visibly see forward. those things. Yeah. Those are definitely our experiences um, and some of the suggestions. I think one of the challenges with the current time is that Kiwis love property, journalists love writing about property, (laughs) everyone loves talking about property, and it can feel a little bit overwhelming. But do you have any secret source or advice as to how do you just tune out of that? I think surrounding yourself with people who aren't property obsessed is helpful as well mm. and but also trying to learn about other investments and then sharing that with those people to broaden their horizons and understanding that like property isn't the be all end all there are other ways to get to your goal yeah um, and then also I think looking overseas like what are other countries doing because we are very isolated in New Zealand being half Danish uh, my parents didn't own a home for a long time and it's not really a, a focus for them over there mm. until kind of these later stages in life so I think it's all about perspective and, and broadening your views. I love that. Definitely, yeah, surround yourselves with people that support and understand what you're doing. And if you find that there are people out there, whether it be family, friends, colleagues that don't understand it, you don't need to justify it to them. You oh, can just totally. continue on your path because exactly. ultimately that's what's important. <laughs> yeah, and you shouldn't have to justify yourself. I think, you know, everyone's an individual, so. Yes, and you can own a property when you're 20 or 80 or not at all. And that's totally fine by us. Exactly. <laughs> if you'd like to find out more about saving for your first time or rent vesting, head to itsnosecret.co.nz forward slash two. Hey guys, it's Kat again. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts and that way you can get notified of all new episodes. We look forward to you tuning in next week. See you on Tuesday.